0: Now, let's get to this week's episode.
1: Welcome to T-Bone Speaks with Dr. Tarun Agarwal, where our goal is to change the way you practice dentistry by helping you achieve clinical, financial, and personal balance. Now, here's your host, T-Bone.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome for another week and another episode of the T-Bone Speaks podcast. As always, I'm joined by my faithful co-host. You haven't cheated on me yet. (laughs) You haven't quite cheated on me yet, but that's okay. Uh, But listen, this week we have a phenomenal guest. We're going to be talking with Dr. Chris Barrett, who runs a practice called Brightly Dentures and Implant Center in Scottsdale, Arizona. And I wanted to bring Chris on because I met him. You know, I've seen him on Instagram and Facebook and in social media, kind of like we've seen everybody. But I finally got to meet him a few weeks back on a trip out to Implant Pathway uh, a few weeks ago in, in Phoenix. And uh, we really got to talking, and uh, he's doing some unique things, and I really wanted to bring him on and, and talk about it. So if you're trying to grow your implant business This is a great interview. If you're trying to move your practice towards doing lots and lots and almost exclusively implants, this is definitely a great interview for you. But even if you say, hey, I'm not a surgical-oriented person, but I think there's going to be a lot to learn, even regardless of what you're trying to move your practice towards, because Ultimately, the story is the same. Uh, so we're going to bring Chris on in a minute, but before we do, let's, of course, get to our sponsor of the podcast, which is 3D Dentist, and let's go to Meredith.
2: Hi, everyone. Before we get started, I have a couple things. Um, I have a review of 3D Dentist from Dr. Shun. He said, just coming back from the weekend at the Digital Implant Continuum course, everything was so helpful and well-explained. You have all the opportunities to ask the questions you wanted, and they will take time to to answer them, Tarun and the instructors and mentors were very hands-on and great at showing you the tips and tricks. We'll definitely recommend if you're looking to advance your skills to treat your patients. Shout out to Sully and his hibachi cooking skills.
0: <laughs> Whatever I know
2: that breaks your heart as the line cook and training over here.
0: Yeah, it but does. we have
2: we have a chef on the team. So
0: but, well, listen, listen. The more somebody else can do, the better. All right. All right.
2: All right. All right. Well, before we get started, um, our digital implant continuum for the summer at the retreat is sold out, but we do have spots for the fall and rooms to stay with us.
0: So, excellent. Get signed up. All right. So let's go ahead and bring on and introduce our guest, Dr. Chris Barrett. Chris, how are you doing, my man?
1: Doing fantastic yourself.
0: I can't complain. You know, life is good, and, uh, uh, you know, it's uh, a little muggy outside today. Yeah. But I was, I was wondering that. why you have that beard when it's probably, a, what, 95, 100 degrees uh, in, in Scottsdale know, by now? I
1: just trimmed it, actually. I just trimmed it.
0: It's part of the and so look. People and believe,
1: it... believe me when, it, yeah. The, my <laughs> average age patient 65. They don't want to see some young kid with no beard.
0: That's true. You're
2: trying to look older. you're well, you trying could, to look younger. So listen,
0: I'm going to start painting black into my beard. You did Maybe that you once? can start painting gray into your beard. There's a little bone right here. Oh my goodness. Well, and it's
2: not as humid there either. It's like dry. It's a dry it's not as bad. heat.
0: Dry heat. It's humid here. Yeah. All right, Chris. Well, let's Yo, get into it's only 58. Right 58. now it's 58. Well, wow. let's get into today's conversation. And, um, you know, we were sitting at a uh, a little drinking establishment the last time we were there. I was drinking water, just so everybody knows. Um, and we started having this conversation around um, how you got from dental school to Arizona. And I found the story uh, quite fascinating. So can you s- share that with us?
1: Sure. Sure. Um... I have a a relatively unorthodox story as far as I wasn't sure what I wanted to do after dental school. My grandpa was a dentist. Um, I grew up in Davenport, Iowa, which is over on the Eastern, Eastern side of the state on the, on the Mississippi, uh, like the Iowa, Illinois uh, border. Um, so after dental school, I thought about maybe going into a specialty, um, trying to do something like oral surgery. um, i wasn't sure what i wanted to do so i did a gpr everyone that uh i kind of saw as a mentor in dental school that had done a gpr really enjoyed really enjoyed their time so after the gpr i ended up going out to uh colorado and all my siblings had moved out there um and it was just one of those things where uh i i kind of found myself in a, in a cross practice it was a solely restorative um, office with three GPs and they taught different levels of basically occlusion, full arch uh, dentistry. Um, and it was heavily based it, out of uh, this, these pathological principles um, that were founded by this kind of famous prosthodontist named Niles Goucher. Mm-hmm. So I spent th- three years there and I um, It was, I didn't know I needed it at the time, but I 100% needed that as far as understanding joints and muscles and occlusion. And it really helped me understand uh, treatment planning comprehensively. Um, And and then I went through a divorce and I ended up switching practice. I had put kind of all my surgery stuff on the shelf for those three years when I was with that practice. And I ended up joining a buddy who was a few years ahead of me at Iowa. And um, got into doing implant surgery, doing both the surgical and the restorative side of it. And at that point in time, after my divorce, I ended up living with a um, a BioHorizon rep, which um, throws like a little interesting thing into the story as far as that opened the, up the door as far as um, just new contacts. I was actually listening to the AAID podcast with uh, Justin Moody and Danny Domain and one of Moody's um you know, When Moody was doing all his training, he was running around with a guy named Mike Frymouth, and they did a lot of their training together, Kois and Mish and all this other stuff. So, Mike being a really big mentor of mine, and I spent a lot of time in his practice, as much time as I could just trying to see what this guy was doing, and that really stretched my mind as far as what was possible. Um, he's a high-level Kois-trained dentist that was doing full arch implant dentistry in one room and doing a set of veneers in another room, and checking hygiene in another room, and I was like, wow, this, this that is That
0: sounds horrible is to me. Amazing. <laughs> that sounds like your day. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like my day this week. Yeah. I was not happy about it.
1: Yeah, it's not something that I I really wanted to do, but it, it allowed me to see that there's lots of potential as far as uh, what you could do as a general consultant. And so I ended up kind of, um, through that contact, uh, I ended up meeting Moody, and then subsequently went up and took over Moody's implant practice in Rapid City, South Dakota. At that time I was, um, flying down to Arizona to help, uh, mentor down an implant pathway and then, um, had two kids back in Iowa. So I was flying back to Iowa to see the kids once a month. And so after a year and a half or so, two years, it was one of those things where it made more sense to be down in Arizona full time. Just, um, it was just going to be a little bit of an easier home base, um, So two years ago, I moved down here and then ended up partnering with a private equity group to start uh, a implant focused office. That's something between like a clear choice and affordable dentures. Um, And we do everything implant related, no restorative dentistry as far as Crenum Crenum bridge or root canals or anything like that. Um, And so we started January of uh, 2020 and then the plan is to open some more offices, and we just had our second location open in Milwaukee with dr Frank Caputo um, and Then the plan is a couple more offices here in the valley, and we have a couple other guys lined up um, in different parts of the country that want to join the team
0: So let me ask you this: um, a lot of dentists, a lot of people in general they want to make a, they want to make a physical move to another city. But there's a lot of fear in doing so, and a lot of um, stress in that. And it sounds like you've done it several times. Multiple yeah, <laughs> talk to me about how, how did how did how did you do that? What went through your mind? How'd you overcome the fear? And for you, I mean, there's there's another wrinkle in it that your kids are in another state. So so talk to us about that part of it.
1: Yeah, it wasn't something that was planned. It was more along the lines of. Just feeling like I'm I'm happiest when I'm growing, and um, for whatever reason, I just feel like I've just been kind of on this like journey, just trying to learn more and be better, and just different opportunities have kind of come up. Um, it wasn't the plan necessarily to move around so much, uh, other than it's just kind of where things have taken me. Um, I remember in dental school, one of my professors when I told him I was going to leave and go out to Denver. He's like, oh, you don't want to do that. You want to stay here in Iowa. You'll make plenty of money. Um, there's not that many dentists. He's like, you're going to go out there and it's going to be saturated. There's going to be tons of competition. And I went out there and, I mean, everybody kind of made it seem scary. And then you, you go out there and you treat people right and you do a good job and and you start to gather a little following. And, and you know, I talked to some some of my buddies who are out in Southern California and it's one of those things where I think one of them commented, uh, you know, there's always room for another good dentist. So I think if you're doing the right thing and doing a good job and treat people that you want to be treated, there's, there's really no issue as far as going to where you want to live and then making it happen, which is what my grandpa always told me. Figure out where you want to live and then just make it happen.
0: You know, it's interesting you say that because um, you're in a market uh, number one, Scottsdale, Arizona, which is probably more saturated <laughs> outside of Southern California, uh, probably more saturated with dentists than any other place. And then you're serving a specific niche within dentistry that has probably more competition than a lot of areas. You've got clear choice. You've got affordable. You've got uh, other oral upstarts. You've got oral surgeons, general yeah. dentists. You've got people like me. You've got other okay. companies like you. Um I think that's a valid point to make, that it's, it's, uh, there's, there's, there's a wide open market everywhere if you really find your niche and you treat people well, you provide a fair service, and all of those things. Now, along those lines, you didn't come out of dental school with these skill sets, to do full arch implant surgeries, to do full arch restorations, walk us through kind of your, what you would recommend to others or your journey in learning the clinical skills uh, that it took to get here.
1: Sure. Um, I felt really fortunate coming out of Iowa that I had a really strong surgical background. I thought the oral surgery department there, um, was absolutely fantastic. So as far as, um, I'd say basic surgical skills as far as exodontia, lane flaps, suturing, things along those lines. I felt like I had a, a fairly solid solid base. At the time going through dental school, I thought implants looked unbelievably boring. I mean, I'd watch the perio residents spend like hours drilling this hole, and I was like, what is going on here? And then I'd watch the oral surgery residents, and they'd just kind of fly through it because they were getting on to their next case, and it was just like, I mean, I, I don't know, other than I think we restored, at least my requirements, it was restore two single units and then an overduture. And well, we just, didn't even really know what least.
0: implants were in dental school, <laughs> quite frankly.
1: Yeah, I just, I don't know. The, it was also just like this mystique where it was just like, hey, this isn't really for you. So like, don't even bother like really looking into it. And I was like, okay, I'm, I have more fun just taking out teeth. So after after that i mean implants didn't really come on my radar until um i was out in colorado and i was restoring a ton of astra cases um because that was one of the main groups that we worked with they worked with a periodontal office and um and so i just became more and more kind of fluent in the language of, of implants and implantology a little bit does that kind of open up to me and then spending time with uh, some of my mentors, I ended up going, I did the surgical session of implant pathway. Mm-hmm. I took a maxi, the Las Vegas maxi course with, uh, with John Minichetti and uh, Shanker Iyer. Um, I've done a lot of just my own, uh, just kind of study as far as I've got my own little library of books uh, that I love. Um, and then I've tried to make it a point to just build relationships, to be able to get into other surgeons offices. I think, I think that's one of my most favorite things to do is go around the country and spend a day with someone that I look up to or I think is doing things the right way or have written papers on certain techniques and I've just been really really fortunate and blessed to have have a network of people that I can kind of reach out to and um, and and just kind of see how people are doing things I mean i would I would love to come out I know we were chatting at uh, at pathway and you were kind of watching some of the things that I was doing and you're kind of picking my brain on X, Y, or Z. And you're like, yeah, I I would never do it that way. I would do it this way. I was like, oh, that's interesting. And I just love those conversations because it just gets you thinking about doing something a little bit differently. And there's not necessarily a a right way or a wrong way, but there's lots of ways to get to to the same point.
0: All right, I want to ask you a question. Um, You made me think of something there. So you talked about this network and asking a lot of... So so it's interesting. You know, I'm coming back out the Pathway... By the way, I I want to make another another plug here. You know, to a certain degree, me and Justin Moody, Pathway, we to a certain degree we we play in the same space in terms of implant training but we work so well together and i'm going out there to learn from you and justin on because i'm want to do external sinus lifts so i'm excited to go out there in may to do that but i i was uh, at dinner the other night with my oral surgeon and and we're supposed to go to cancun together right after that so i'm actually flying to cancun from phoenix And he said, hey, what do you do out in Phoenix? I'm like, oh, I'm going to do sinus lifts. He goes, why don't you just come over to the office? I'll teach you how to do that. And I was like, well, that's interesting because that's how I learned. And you kind of mentioned that while you have didactic training, and I had didactic training, a lot of the learning does come from spending time individually individually. How would you recommend to somebody that's a that doesn't have a built-in network like you and I do where because of some of the things that we've done or the places that we've put, because by the way, none of us were born with this. We put ourselves in position to get these. What would you tell somebody that says that wants to go learn and see how others are doing? What's the best way to approach someone else about coming to watch them, whether that's in your market or uh, you know whether you fly somewhere to do it?
1: I think you just have to figure out how to bring value to the other person. So um, whether it's just showing up and bringing the team, you know, at Starbucks or figuring out what's on the other guy's plate that you can maybe take off of it. Or, um, I mean, there's a million things going on at the office all the time. And the last thing someone needs is, Hey, can I come in and just like hang out and, and watch and then pick your brain? It's like, yeah, that's totally fine. I mean, I get it because I was in the same place. And so when people ask me that people come out to the office all the time and just hang on and watch surgery. But it's one of those things where it's like, realistically, if you want to build a little bit of a relationship and, and I guess you could call it like a mentorship, just try to figure out how to, how to make life easier for the other person. And as opposed to kind of, Hey, I want to show up and I want to kind of like gain from you. And then you leave and it's like, well, it, that that's not necessarily always a feel good. So um, researching about the person, letting them know that you think that they're like the real deal and why you really want to spend time with them, um, pump their ego a little bit. I
0: was about um, to say that. And there's, and there's, and
2: there's, Unless you're coming to
0: T-Bone's office, he doesn't need that.
2: <laughs>
1: he doesn't need that. So yeah, that that would be my, my two cents on that.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, along the same lines, because I'm always, for the most part, I'm very happy to have people come and watch. And uh, what what happens for me is is somebody will say, hey, I want to come, and then they'll say, do you work Fridays? I'm like, no. And I've actually had somebody say, can you work a Friday? And I'm like, no, (laughs) No. I cannot. (laughs) I worked hard not to have to work Fridays, um, and I have a second job. So I would always say make it easy for somebody. A lot of people that have lots of great – in fact, I'll argue there are hidden gems that are so good at what they do I'm thinking of a dentist friend of mine, Mark Bowman, in Greenville, North Carolina, who is so good at what he does, but yet so few people have quote unquote heard of them because they're not on social media. They're not out there touting themselves. Sometimes we sometimes they need to be pushed. Uh, by somebody like me, I want to go learn soft tissue grafting from Mark, and you know I, I just need to get on the phone and make it easy for them, like you said you know say hey i 'll show up when you tell me to show up i 'll bring something for you and your team i 'm going to make sure you look good i 'm going to be quiet and not get in the way you know just just enough yeah, to break exactly. that ice, and then once you get there, you can just do what you want to do, <laughs> but I think sometimes it 's getting over that fear even as mentors, that fear of having somebody else come watch you like hey it 's going to be a disruption and I I think just addressing those things, like, hey, I'm not here to maybe a disruption. Uh, If something happens, I can step out of the room. You know, you tell me when to be there, what time to be there, and I'll make it as unobtrusive as as possible. And I think that goes a long way because otherwise, people think like, I mean, because the day is busy enough as it is. The last thing you really mentally want is, oh my God, I got somebody else. I got to entertain while they're here, and uh, so I I that that would be my advice to kind of build on. What you were talking about there? All right, so uh, kind of, kind of not necessarily say the last thing, but another point I want to talk about is, all right, so talk to me about being an implant only practice and that process of opening a startup and getting to the point where you maybe say no to some things and all. That. Just kind of give us, you know, how, how did you get your practice to this point? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey there, podcast family. T-Bone here to talk about the 3D Dentist Digital Implant Continuum. Are you ready to start placing dental implants, but feeling a bit hesitant and or overwhelmed? I know that feeling. I've been there. Let's change that together. Imagine not just learning about dental implants in a classroom, but actually performing surgeries on real patients right here in North Carolina, guided every step of the way by our expert 3D mentors. This is dental implant learning at its best, using techniques that are safe, predictable, and confidence-boosting. They're exactly what I use in my own practice, so you know they work. Our course goes beyond clinical skills. We prepare you to successfully integrate high-demand implant services into your practice, transforming your career by attracting new patients and elevating your practice. And it doesn't end with the course. Completing our program is just the beginning of a new journey. You'll be a part of a community of confident, skilled dentists with ongoing support to ensure lasting success and growth. After all, this is about mastering a skill that can transform your career, just like it did for me. So, are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Visit www.3d-dentist.com, check out our upcoming sessions, and join us to revolutionize your practice. 3D Dentist is truly committed to helping dentists take control of their practice, finances, and future. Now, let's get back to this week's episode.
1: Um, you know, opening the year of COVID, I was fortunate to be partnered with uh, what I felt like was a really good business team. Um, they had been investors in a lot of other companies uh, prior to getting into into dental, so. Um, just having the good kind of outlook, having, you know, deeper pockets to kind of weather the storm. Um, there's that side of it, which I felt uh, fortunate to be a part of. I think on the other side of it, it just goes back to really trying to build, um, a solid team. Uh, we don't have anyone that we started with, um, <laughs> but they were, the, they were the right, they were the right team to get us started. And then, I want to interrupt you for a, a second, PC Chris. Was gonna,
0: I want to interrupt. Yeah, sorry. Back. I think that's such an important point is so many people they get stuck in moving forward because they're looking for the perfect fit, and instead, what they need to look at is, can this person get me to the next step to prove the concept, prove the point, and then whether they stay or don't stay uh, we'll we'll find a way to get beyond that and I think that's so important it's it's about getting getting to that next step, and sports teams are the best at this they'll bring in a player that is a one-year contract because it gets them to the next step and the next step isn't always winning the championship but i continue on i just wanted to bring out that point because it's such an important point that you can't be looking for perfect you got to be looking for the next step
1: 100 percent. so um we had our team to start and then subsequently i mean just like you're saying we've had you know different players kind of jump in and jump out but as far as you know getting from you know zero to 50k 50k to 100k as far as per month collections 100 to 200 200 300 300 to 400 we had our best month i don't know two months ago five ten or something like that but it's just one of those things where you know we're catching that team and then it's realistically like okay is this going to be the same team that gets us to the next step you know, maybe not, but um, yeah, you just
0: gotta have to keep moving. And and what is your typical day? What is your typical not, not even a day? What does your typical week look like? How how much are you working? How okay? So to kind of set the stage, ba- okay. I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna give you. I'm trying to get. To-
2: he wants to know what it's like with no hygiene. Okay,
0: <laughs> but they may actually have hygiene. <laughs> no, my, my point being You're is going to have to. Yeah, my my point in asking some of these questions, because I'm trying to pick your brain from my own practice, is for every case you do, there is so many patients you have to see and screen to get to this point, and so many follow-ups and everything to get to the final edge. So what is a typical week? How do you structure your week to be able to be as most efficiently and to serve your market the best?
1: Um... Yeah, we were really working on that. So I think, I think trying to develop a schedule that allows us to work really efficiently um, and maximize everybody's time uh, for the patients and for myself and the team. I'm in the office or I'm down at pathway. That's typically how it goes. Okay. So this week um, it's Monday through Wednesday and then pathway Thursday, Friday. Um, so we are really trying to just kind of hone processes. Like for example, when we first started out, when we we're doing double arch, I'm doing the surgery and I'm also doing the conversions Right. Just because the team didn't know, didn't know that part of it. Uh, we have some fantastic uh, kind of like oral surgery assistants coming from other offices, but they just didn't know any of the stuff. So then it was okay. Train one of the assistants to do the conversion. And then we got a, we brought in a lab tech, um, so then that kind of helped out things as far as shortening appointment times um, We've subsequently moved on to different things tra- again trying to maximize our time and, and cut down on surgery time One of the biggest issues that we run into is when I'm doing surgery. I can't be doing consults at the same time And so it's how do you how do you dovetail these two things of keeping consults in the pipeline? Because that's going to be basically the lifeblood of the practice as well as then delivering all of the care So as we're getting shorter and shorter surgical times that I can step out of the room, that's going to help. But this is just an ever-evolving process. And if you figure out how to run these the schedule as far as maximizing time and not being in the office but being really productive, I'm all ears to it.
0: Well, I'm certainly not. I have my own opinions on that, but I'm not the master. You know, what I'm trying to do is have surgery days and have non-surgery days or times, afternoons, blocks. Um, and as you're, as you're right about this. I think a challenge that dentists face that as they get into these more complex care cases, whether it's smile makeovers, whether it's full, full mouth of general dentistry, whether it's full arch implant cases, uh, is the ability to step out of the room doesn't exist. And that's why I believe oral surgeons are the most efficient practitioners in dentistry is because they don't, they they go in and they do their work and then they exit. And once they exit the room, there's essentially no coming back. But here's what I heard from you. Because earlier you mentioned going from zero to 50 to 100, 100, 200 to 500, whatever the number may be, is you had to train your team. So you got started with who got you there and then you had to train team, and some people weren't trainable, so they probably got left or left. Uh, then you added a lab technician. Talk to me about how important is it when you're starting to do a volume number of these cases, is it to have a laboratory on either on-demand on available or on-site fully available?
1: Well, I think with our model, serving a certain patient population with dentures, it's relatively imperative to have have like an on-site removable lab that being said there's not a huge crossover between removable lab technicians that understand all of the full arch fixed process there's a little bit of of kind of cross talk or communication there but there's a whole subset of removable people that would love to learn how to do all the fixed stuff and then you have all the old school analog fixed guys that would love to learn how to use exocad and digital and everything and it's like they can and in, in finding these little gems that know all of that stuff. Um, I would say it's impo- It's going to be important for us when we get to a certain stage to have that in house. Currently, right now, we have a removable lab, um, but for the fixed stuff, we bring in. Um, I mean, we we utilize other labs as far as getting us to to, to manufacture our, our full arch zirconia cases, stuff like that. So, if I'm a practitioner who wants to get more into, who's a general dentist who wants to develop their implant side of their office. Um, I I know of one person who has really brought that whole thing in house that is, I would say, a full scope general dentist. I think otherwise, if you're doing one case a month or whatever (laughs) it might be, I would just develop a really good relationship with a local lab where they can do the setup for you, they come in and help with the conversion, they will come over and help with the final impression especially as, especially as you're getting going if you don't fully understand each one of those steps because having that really strong team is going to be so beneficial then your that first case you might be doing it and you know just breaking even that's okay that case with your before and after photos and everything that's going to sell your next two cases and then those next two cases are going to sell your next four cases so I think one of those things as far as starting off or trying to develop that, that side of this with, like, this implant dentistry stuff is just getting your reps in. I know I'm, I'm kind of, like, fading away a little bit from where you're... Where no, you're no, it's, no, it's but, perfect. But, yeah, I, I, for those young implantologists out there, just get your reps in.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, thank you. Uh, each and every week for listening, uh, please reach out, let us know what's on your mind, what you want to learn, what you want us to do, you know, if this resonated with you. But listen, you, you, it's time to get up off the floor. It's up time to start breathing some normal air and, and get into that growth mindset and move back into our best lives. So have a great week and I'll see you next week here at the T-Bone Speaks podcast. Thanks so much for listening to T-Bone Speaks with
1: Dr. Tarun Agarwal. Remember to keep striving for excellence, and we'll catch you on the next episode.
0: Hey, podcast family. T-Bone here. Are you a dentist looking to elevate your practice and profits? Then pay close attention. Introducing the 3D Business Mastermind, the dental business coaching program designed for dentists who want to see real results. I've walked the path of practice ownership for nearly 25 years. I know your challenges. I felt your pain. This is your opportunity to overcome the chaos, the busyness, and the financial frustrations of owning a dental practice. Imagine a dental practice where your appointment book is highly productive, doing the dentistry you enjoy, your team is self-motivated, and your profits keep climbing. That's what the 3D Business Mastermind is all about. Let's get to this week's episode.